Hi, this is Chantel Schieffer, President and CEO of Leadership Montana. Views and opinions shared by guests of Listen First Montana do not reflect the opinions of all of our alumni or organization. We are a large group with lots of opinions, believe me. If you hear something that makes you uncomfortable, we invite you to listen deeply, listen hard, and listen first. I'm Chantel Schieffer, and this is Listen First Montana. Today, we are here with Misty Cool in Helena, sitting in our state's capital, and Misty has a brand new job as the Director of Indian Affairs for Governor Greg Gianforte. Can't wait to dig in and learn more. Misty, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? I'm I'm excellent, although I feel like these days that's kind of a loaded question, Mm -hmm. given the current circumstances that we're in. So I often say I'm just grateful. You know, we've got a roof over our heads and a job and toilet paper (laughs) and food. (laughs) So, um, you know, given those things are are provided for us, you know, I I think I have nothing to complain about. Mm. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, thank you. We always ask that question, how are you, with kind of the parameter of, and I don't want to know just, you know, how you are. Like, oh, I'm good, I'm great. But really, how are you doing right now? And, and you answer that just really well. Being thank you. grateful. Yep. I agree. Gratitude yeah. goes so far. It does. It really does. So this is your second week, right, in your new role? Kind of my third week, but I... The governor's office was so gracious in giving me the opportunity to transition out of Rocky Mountain College, where I was director of Native American Outreach there. Uh, the new semester started on the 16th of January, and especially during the pandemic, I feel, I'm feel i finding that our students have some unique needs outside of the challenges that they already face in coming to college. So... Um, so I've been able to sort of help them transition into a new semester. And, and so, but yes, now I'm here. I'm, I'm here, here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know that every day looks different for you in this new role. But in general, what, what do you do as the Director of Indian Affairs? I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> um, and I'm fortunate that my role, there are some state code, um, you know, that applies to how, how I conduct my role. But what I really see this as, I'm a liaison between nations. I'm a liaison between the state of Montana and our tribal nations. And so um, every day looks different. Every, like, 10 minutes looks different. Um, it's amazing. I'll, I had a call with leaders of urban Indian healthcare centers and learned so much. And then, you know, the next thing I will be meeting with and asking for letters of support for a particular issue from tribal leaders. It's it's really amazing um, the opportunities that I have to just bro. I don't want to use the word broker, but liaison is perfect. Just continuing this relationship and and really an advocate for tribal nations here at the capital, um, and making sure that we have a seat at the table and that our issues are heard and for our non-tribal neighbors to understand the wider impact of the issues that that we face um, and just hopefully trying to educate people on that. So I would imagine that your role includes a lot of um, listening. Mm, yes. That we talk about a lot in Leadership Montana and this podcast is called Listen First. 
So tell us a little bit about your relationship with listening. What does that mean to you? There is, there's a verse in the Bible in James that says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I have been meditating on that for months. And so when it's in my nature to, uh, you know, when somebody's talking, it's when it's in my nature to, oh, I've got a solution to your problem. And I, you know, I have something to say, or I'm even thinking about what I'm going to say. Um, I remind myself, everyone should be quick to listen. And so for me, it means giving people the dignity to be heard is so important. And then the other thing I'm noticing, especially with my students, but I've noticed this for years, we just, we live in a culture now where people don't really have anybody to talk to. And so it's such a gift to put my ego aside and my agenda and give someone the plat- a platform to tell me whatever's on their mind or um, their feelings, or hear an issue th- thoroughly before I try and solve it. Um, and the other, I mean, I will selfishly say one of the, it's a good strategy because you get such good information that you may not have gotten before if you just kind of start digging in and, and talking. Um, so listening is a very, very, very valuable skill to have. And it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift that you give people all the time if you're willing. Mm. I love the way you said that. It's a gift that you give people. You give them your time, Mm -hmm. right? You give them your full attention. Um, and, and I love how you said, I mean, it kind of paraphrased, but that you would sometimes find yourself listening with the intent to respond, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and that's what we try not to do, right? Listen to the, with the intent to understand and formulate your response later. Mm-hmm. What, does, um, what does leadership mean to you right now? Listening, really, I mean, that's such an excellent question. We're in a time right now where I feel like good leadership requires listening and the willingness to have an open mind and in you know like leadership montana we talked about all the time about inviting strangers to the table Mm -hmm. and so being willing to have an open mind to be educated on an issue and being willing to change your position if you know we i i think about things as open hand and closed fist i have some closed fisted issues principles, my principles that, that are very, very dear to me. And I probably wouldn't get my mind changed about that, but I'm so open hand about many, many, many things. Like, do I, and, and so, um, to me, leadership right now means, um, leading people who feel like they can trust you to hear them and be willing to have an open mind to what they're saying. I, I think that's really, really important. Trust mm-hmm. is missing now. It really is in organizations, in our government. And um, I, I think it's required of good leadership now to be a trustable person. How do you go about specifically in your role, being that liaison between nations, between the governor's office and tribal nations across the state? How do you go about building that trust? Number one is following through doing what you say you're going to do. I'm no one's perfect at that, but I that 
establishes trust. If I get a phone call in the morning asking for a question or a problem to be solved, you know, a call back, uh, you know, an email back, first of all, that I acknowledge what you, um, re I acknowledge that you reached out, but also I'm going to do my best to help solve this problem. I got a call yesterday at 5.15 and this um, person had a very complicated issue and it was driving me crazy because I didn't want to give this person the runaround. This, they have been getting the runaround for months on this issue. And because I, I, did you call this agency that, yes, I've called everyone. That's, you know, what this person was saying. And I was just racking my brain because the last thing I wanted to do is continue their experience of getting the runaround. And so I hope that we, I finally said, listen, I understand where you're at and I am so sorry this is happening to you. This is what I would do if I were in your shoes. Mm. And I think. And then I always end with, was that helpful? Have I, did I answer your question? Did I you know, provide what you were looking for? And the answer was yes. And they're going to keep me in the, informed of how that goes. I hope it goes well. So uh, you just following through, providing good customer service. I think it really is that simple. Mm -hmm. I took a very long time to answer <laughs> when it really just boils down to providing good customer service. <laughs> That's a great answer. Thank you. What, uh, so, so your career, as long as I've known you, the, the handful of years that I've known you, you've worked with Congressman Gianforte um, in um, Indigenous Relations and um, Rocky Mountain College, as you mentioned, and now as, uh, as, the, the gov as Governor Gianforte's Director of Indian Affairs. So your, your life has really been dedicated to supporting um, Indigenous cultures in Montana. Tell me more about that. Why, why is that important to you? It's important to me because it's built into who I am. And it, I realize that, you know, first of all, I, as a member of Fort Belknap Indian community, I, I had the experiences of reservation and urban. And I feel like that's, you. it's not unique, but it, it is uh, an area where I feel like I can offer um, assistance to both both of those populations. It's also it's important to me because we're we're underrepresented. We often don't have a seat at the table for decades and decades. We face the same social, economic, health issues, and that are we're not seeing a huge improvement in that. And, and I wanted to join this small army of amazing native leaders who are working every day to change that. We have an Indian caucus here at, at the Capitol of 12 representatives and, excuse me, eight representatives and four senators and watching what they do every day and what they're willing, the courage that, that they have to introduce legislation to help gain traction to transform our communities is inspirational to me. And I, I feel like there's a quote, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. I, you probably, if you can, you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I can, I, with my crazy life experiences and everything I've done, I've realized have prepared me to be in this role where I can serve native people. 
and I can do it. And so I do it. Mm. I do it. Uh, this is, I expect this to be a really hard job. And I'll be honest, I was very, very comfortable at Rocky and I loved what I did. But I, um, I don't mean to sound like a motivational speaker, but I, I, I'm realizing and Leadership Montana helped me learn this. Sometimes you have to do the hard things if you want to make change. Was I having an impact at Rocky Mountain College? Absolutely. Helping Native students graduate from college. I get to have, I think, a wider impact, hopefully, if I'm doing a good job at the state level. And that's, it's a hard thing, but it's, it's worth it. Hard things, if you're willing to do the hard things, I think that the results can be amazing. And and join, like I said, the small army of indigenous leaders that are that are making change. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's really important to me. That's such a good question, Chantel. I, I honestly haven't really asked myself, why do you do this? I just kind of feel like, well, that sounds cool. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> why not? You mentioned a, a, a divide or a difference between um, urban and reservation. Can you speak more to that? I think that there's there's a difference there that not a lot of Montanans um, know exists. Thank you. I was on a call last week and I heard this statistic a couple of times. 80% of Montana's Native American population lives in an urban setting. And in my experience, and this is my opinion only, there are some unique issues that come with being native and growing up in an urban city. For some, uh, we might not have as we not might not have had the opportunity to establish the cultural ties that some who grew up on the reservation have. There's an example. Um, we might not have experienced some of the some of the qualities of reservation life that that native people have it's rural it's very rural i mean yes most of our most of our reservations in montana if you've ever been to fort belknap i used to say when you hit the middle of nowhere take a left <laughs> that's where <laughs> fort belknap is uh so for example some urban natives might not know what it's like to drive 90 miles to pick up a prescription and so those are some examples I would say the I would say the cultural aspect, the cultural foundation that some urban natives don't have is probably has the biggest impact on on that. Um, and I'm just really happy to say that there are organizations this the reason I love your question, Chantel, is because this is between the public school system in our urban areas in Montana and our urban Indian healthcare centers. This is an issue that many people just don't even know about and is finally coming to light. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that I hope Montana as a whole understands because the other piece of it is urban Native Americans spend money. They, you know, we contribute to our communities and we we have an extremely positive impact on Montana as community members and neighbors. And, and that's really important for people to acknowledge. We're not just this subset of people living in a geographic boundary. And, and I wish, uh, my hope is that Mont- our neighbors become more aware of that. What would awareness around that look like to you? This, 
legislation to help support uh, urban organizations that serve urban natives, I think could be really valuable. And, uh, and there are people already doing it. For example, Jennifer Smith, she's the director of Indian Education for Billings Public Schools, and she does such an amazing job of serving her students and their families. And uh, they provide backpacks, for example. They'll have, hey, we'll be at, you know, Ben Steele Middle School from two to four, come get your backpack. And just this networking with the community, which I also think is amazing because events like that, urban natives are coming to participate in something and going, oh, hey, you live here too. They're, you know, we, we're here. And just that awareness with each other is amazing. So I, I think those are some steps that could be taken in, in making um, this a more uh, public issue. So let's zoom out a little bit and look at Montana in general. What are some opportunities that you see for Montana right now? Well, I, what comes to mind first is the exodus from metropolitan centers to Montana. There are some good opportunities. I, I do know and understand that some Montanans tend to resent that we're seeing out-of-state plates <laughs> so often <laughs> on the interstate. But if we can think about, again, inviting strangers to the table, how do we know, how do we, how, who's the next person coming that's going to build a center that employs 500 people? Mm-hmm. Or who's the next person moving to Montana who's willing to open a business in Harlem or Haver, meaning like a reservation, a city near a reservation, um, who's willing to be a good neighbor? I think that the opportunities for diversity and economic development are are really great. They're they're there, um, and I also I got to be honest. During this time, there's no place in the world I'd rather live. Montanans, where we are. I used to say when people would ask, "What do you think about Montana?" What would come to my mind first is. In Montana, when you leave your house, you sign a social contract because we are so vast. You can drive. I'm going to drive four hours home tonight. Mm -hmm. And I know no matter what route I take, if I have an issue or my I have a flat tire or whatever, someone's going to help me. That's just that's the social contract. We help each other. And it doesn't matter. And no one's going to ask me what my political leanings are first or you know (laughs) how I feel about a certain issue. We're. We are just, it's wonderful. I, I just, I love that about Montana. I love how you said that, that when we leave our house, we sign a social contract. That's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so Montana. So on the other side of that coin, what do you see as biggest um, challenges for Montana right now? That we are having an influx of um, metropolitan people coming in and having it, the infrastructure to support that uh, it is undeniable that property value is skyrocketing, uh, and so I think a challenge will be for Mo- you know Montanans who are making um, to be able to afford housing, um, to be able to achieve the American dream of owning a home. Mm-hmm. I think is becoming a little bit more tricky as we see 
um, home prices soar, rent prices soar. I, I think that's that's going to be tough. Um, and I also do, I am seeing that there is a divide here and just hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't get worse, it gets better. Uh, but I do think another challenge is sort of bridging that gap. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to do these, uh, these 10 lightning round questions. Okay. They're just really quick. All right. What are you reading right now? I'm reading a couple of different books right now, uh, but I am currently, my favorite in On the Road With Me is a book by Louis Giglio. I think I'm saying that correctly. And it's called Goliath Must Fall. And it's about battling your fears. Hmm. If you can live anywhere, where would it be? on the Stillwater in the Absorkey Valley. Awesome. What is your favorite song or what would you consider to be your anthem, your theme song? I My current anthem is Beautiful Things by a band called Gungor. Nice. And it's gorgeous. Mm, I want to hear that. What is a TV or movie recommendation that you would share? Oh, I just watched this cool movie. It's called The Hunt for the Wilder People. It's, it's really great. It's set in New Zealand, and it's family-friendly, and it's so endearing, and I cried at the end. <laughs> What's your favorite sound? The river. If you could spend one full day doing anything, what would you do? I would be on the river. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your hero? My husband. Mm-hmm. What is something about you that people often get wrong? Whoa. That's heavy for rapid fire <laughs> that people get wrong. Um, on it, I want to say I'll be, I'm probably that I'm a lot smarter than people think that I usually am when they meet me. No. Do over. <laughs> Disagree. Give us a bold prediction of the future. I think we are heading into a great phase. I really do. Um, I prediction, let's see, I have no idea who's playing in the Super Bowl, so unfortunately I can't offer that. Um, it's the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, I remember that now. Um, I, you know, I don't like to predict the future. I'm really working on being in the moment um, because I'm so good at, trying to predict what happens that it just makes me worry. And I heard a, a great quote that tomorrow's worries steal today's joy. And so I'm hopeful though. I, I really am. I think I feel good about the future. Mm, me too. Misty, as we leave here today, tell us a story of, of impact, something that has impacted you in some way. We have a representative here. Her name is Sharon Peregrine. Sharon Small Paragoy, and she has tirelessly fought for um, to address missing and murdered indigenous people. And last night during the State of the State address, I was watching her and she was wearing a beautiful shawl and and I hope she wouldn't mind saying this. She's she's small in stature and great in character and courage and she's fearless and she's fr- she's a member of the Crow Nation and the work that she's doing was mentioned in the state of the state address is bringing awareness to an issue that is 
devastating and brutal and literally saving lives. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's impact. She and and she's just a one woman power movement and and the things that she's doing today are going to have generational impacts thinking about that just blows my mind it's it's amazing thanks to misty cool for taking the time to come on the show This episode was a bit shorter than normal because we recorded in the state capitol during a busy day of the legislative session. If you've enjoyed today's show and want to support Listen First Montana, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Those small steps can really help us connect these stories to more listeners. Our intro song is a rendition of the Montana State Song by Scott Gudger, and our other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, thanks for listening to Listen First, Montana. Montana.